0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the 7-Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. And if you're watching the video, I've got my 7-Figure Runway shirt on. Um, we opened up the doors to 7-Figure Runway for the first time outside of Flip Hacking Live in the last three years. So I'm really excited about that. If you want to check it out, you can go to 7figurerunway.com. So the number 7figurerunway.com. Um, put in an application, jump on a call with our team. Um, I think we have like another week, so towards the middle of May, Uh, May 10th or 11th or something, uh, we'll close the doors again and get that uh, class of new runway uh, folks through, get them uh, onboarded, get them set up. We added an extra event in July. It's going to be really, really cool. So um, today's show, we are going to be going back to the Cancun event. Cancun was so much fun. We have this tropical mastermind that we do uh, together. We had a couple hundred people there, Uh, both runway and altitude had the opportunity to attend Uh, Cancun. We worked about half the time we played, hung out, networked the other half. It was a lot of fun. And uh, what I want to do is I want to put a presentation from that uh, event on there. And so Val Brega, um, you guys know Val. She's been on the podcast. She spoke at Flip Hacking Live a couple times. Um, Absolutely amazing. She talked about uh, lead management, hiring VAs, that kind of stuff. It's going to be really, really great presentation for you. And um, I give you a little taste of what we do in Cancun and at our uh, runway events and our Outsuit events. So if you're interested in getting to the next level, you want to start this business, you haven't done anything yet, you've just been listening to podcasts, get off your butt and go to sevenfigurerunway.com and, uh, and check it out and just see if it's for you. Talk to my team, um, we'll find out where you are where you want to be and see if we can help you get there or maybe listen to the podcast or the youtube channel or all the other things that we do that are free or lower cost are better for you and we'll recommend that for you so um, seven figure runway it's been so powerful such amazing testimony from those folks people in there doing big things we had like six people move up from runway to altitude at this event uh, it's just so awesome so uh, go to sevenfigurerunway.com check it out and if you like this presentation they were like 12 to 15 more just like it that are inside of our membership site that as a member you can go uh, check out even if you missed Cancun and you just joined the runway program now you can go back and get all that gold out of those presentations you just go grab that one thing that you need to get to the next level in your business um, just after joining so Uh, All right, here we go. Let's go into the show. This is Val in Cancun. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook.
1: Today we're talking about the importance of an effective lead management system, and it sounds so serious. I know when I look at it, like, man, doesn't that sound intimidating? It's not going to be that intimidating. We're going to try to make it fun and uh, interactive. So uh, I feel like I know all of you now. uh, Just feel free to ask any questions. All right, at any time, there's no like formal format or something like that. okay, so before we begin, let's see who here has a very good lead management system? who feels so confident? because <laughs> that I was going to say. I was going to say the same, like if somebody raised their hand, I'm like, what do you mean by that? How do you know you have an excellent lead management system? But yeah, let's, in your mind, what do you think would look great? Like you say you don't have a good management system. what, what does it have to look like for it to be good in your mind? What do you think? Or- good. Perfect. Did you see my slides? Okay. (laughs) Good, exactly. Lead qualification, right? Lead follow up. And then, of course, organizing, keeping it all together, right? So tell me if this sounds familiar to you. Okay, I was told this is going to happen. It's just for recording purposes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay, have you ever heard these kind of things from when talking to sellers? I'll list a house with an agent. You spend 15 minutes with a person on the phone and say, you know what, I'll just list with an agent. Have you heard that, anyone? Yeah, okay. I'm not interested unless you give me a certain amount, right, yeah, even though there seems to be motivation. And the last one, if you have a team, who here has a team of lead intake or cold callers or somebody that takes the phones? Yeah, we have some people. What I mean, if you have that person, and then you go on an appointment, or you try to call the person, and they say, "Hey, why are you calling? I just told your staff members I'm not interested." Have you ever gotten that? No? Yeah? This is the worst. The third one is the worst, because that means you're wasting time. Your lead manager is wasting time. Your call caller is wasting time talking to non-leads, and then they get put on your calendar as a lead to call. Right? So all of this can be Managed I, I can't say it can be avoided, but it can be managed with a better system in place. So let's talk about what this looks like. <laughs> right. I, I'm just gonna say here. No, but there's a shadow. Okay. Can you? Okay. Yeah, you just jump in next slide. On. All right. That sounds good. Oh okay, perfect. Okay, so lead management, just like what what you said, it's like in my opinion, it has three big categories. It's qualifying, it's tracking behavior, which is nothing else but follow-ups, and then organizing it all, you know, all in one place, right? Does anybody else want to add something to this? No? Looks pretty accurate, yeah? So let's take a, um, let's take a look at one by one. Can you go next slide, please? Okay, let's talk about qualifying, next one. No, go back, go back, I'm sorry. <laughs> you didn't see that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> close your eyes, that's right. All right, so let's see about qualifying. What are the four uh, pillars of qualification that you just saw? Who knows? Motivation. Motivation. Timing. Timing. Condition. Yes, price. Yes, I add... Mortgage also as the fifth pillar. Some people don't add it, so it depends on you, like if you want to add the information about mortgage or not. But these four, condition of the property, uh, time frame, a reason for selling, and asking price. Out of these four, which one do you think is the most important one? For sure, 100%. Which one is the least important one? Price. Why? Is price. Yeah. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I talked to people on the phone and they had a ton of motivation, Uh, the house was in bad shape, but they would just not lower their price, right? So what I see when I train virtual assistants or even when I train my team in lead intake when I work for Blackjack, um, I see that people don't set appointments because the seller wouldn't negotiate on the price. And I said, don't. If we expect every person that we talk to to say, oh, by the way, I have a ton of motivation and I want half of what Zillow shows, then we're being delusional, right? That's not gonna happen, right? So in my training, I say like, I don't care about the price. Even if they want market value or if they want more, if there's motivation, set the appointment. Because when you go to the appointment, you're like, hey man, I know you want this price, but look, your roof is leaking. This is happening, right? That you have different tools in your toolbox that can can lower the price. So if you have your team, I can't tell you just how many times I'm seeing that, do not care so much about the price, right? And it seems simple, right? We have the four, you can go to the next slide now. Huh? We have the four uh, pillars right here, but what I'm seeing from lead managers and uh, co callers, they treat that as q and A. Q&A. Okay, so, um, what, so why are you looking to sell? Oh, I'm looking to downsize. Okay, uh, what's the condition of the house? How many bedrooms and bathrooms? Uh, how soon are you looking to sell? Okay, and what's your asking price? It seems like a Q&A, which gives you some information, but honestly, it's not enough, right? And some things, when we talk about reason for selling, some things are good reasons, some things are not reasons. Like downsizing, I'm not sure that's a pain point. I mean, go deeper, downsizing why? What's going on in your life? Why are you looking to downsize? are the people getting older and the stairs are a hassle or taking care of the yard is a hassle? Then, yeah, that's a good reason. Or are they just like, oh, we're looking to sell our house because we bought a new one and we don't have any, any purpose for this one? Oh, okay, yeah, we'll come out and make you an appointment. Find out why. We can't help every single person. In fact, can we go to the next slide, please? I always tell the people that I train, you're like a doctor. You're a doctor, right? Right? Think of yourself as a doctor. You ask questions to identify symptoms and pain points and to see how we can help. You don't go to an eye doctor and expect to get a root canal, right? It's the same here. We can't help every single person. And when I train uh, people, I I say that all the time. Like I hear it in every, every week, in every call analysis, not every, but in a lot of call analysis that I do, it's like, You are not in the process of transforming people into leads, you're in the process of discovering. Think of yourself as a doctor. When you go to the doctor, you have a chart, right? I mean, the doctor has a chart, they ask you questions and you see the doctor as an expert, right? You would never, like if the doctor says, so what symptoms are you having? Well, what symptoms are you having, right? You wouldn't ask that kind of questions back. And in the calls that I see, I see that the sellers are taking control of the call and not the people. When you qualify lead, you have to be in control of the call. Your lead manager, your call caller your lead intake, whoever it is, they have to be in control, okay? So think of yourself as a doctor, you're the expert, you are getting questions to find the right answers. Um, yeah, when you discover what drives the seller's need for change, you'll know exactly how to help them. It sounds simple, you know it, but check with your team. Listen, go back, go back home. If you have a team, listen to, your, to their calls and you will see that this is not always happening. Okay, let's have, um, can we go to the next slide, please? Huh? Who wants to do that? Let's have a role play. Okay, who wants to volunteer? Let's have a lead qualification presentation. I'm gonna call someone out if you wanna do it. Okay, perfect. You decide, do you want to be the motivated seller and you give me pushback or do you want me to give you pushback and see how you qualify? I'll be the uh, buyer. You'll be the buyer. Uh, I'm sorry, who are you? Why are you calling me?
2: My name is Jack from R us. Okay. And notice that you are trying to sell the property there at 123 Main Street. Is 123 Main Street, is that your home?
1: It is, but I'm not sure I want to sell yet. I said maybe.
2: Okay, so maybe you're looking to sell. Yeah. You know, I'm just, just out of curiosity, if you were looking to sell, what was the reason that you were looking to sell?
1: I mean, look, just, just make me an offer. Uh, I'll, I'll decide. I, I have my own reasons, but, you know, the market's so hot right now, I just, I don't know you. You don't know me. I don't feel like, you know... This is kind of personal
2: perfect i totally understand that and then what i did what johnny uh, he had spoken with a little bit earlier he said that you were trying to get out because you were trying to get down to miami is that correct uh yes can can you help me just understand a little bit about what was important to that i mean i can just throw you a number it's probably not going to do any of us good but let me understand what exactly you're trying to achieve val
1: well uh my daughter lives in Miami, so I'm trying to move closer to her and my grandkids. So I'm not desperate to sell, and I told Johnny the same thing. But uh, if, if you're one of those companies that are going to lowball me, and like, you know, I'm not interested. Okay, totally so, get
2: that. Not looking to lowball you one, one bit whatsoever, but do understand that you wanted to get to, to Miami. Can you tell me a little bit about the house?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, I already told Johnny some information Yeah, I
2: understand it was a three-bedroom, two-bath. He said something about the roof, but I couldn't quite understand that. Can you tell me what's going on there?
1: Yeah, so the roof is in pretty good shape. It's not leaking or anything. It's just a little bit old, so you might have to change it
2: okay, just pretty might soon. Have to, just might have to change it. Yeah, Other than that, the house is in what kind of condition?
1: Structurally, it's good. Uh, I had a situation with a house about two years ago. I just rented it to the wrong people, so... Uh, I haven't gotten around to doing all the repairs yet, but um, okay. Okay. yeah.
2: so it's in pretty good condition. There might be a little bit of repairs to do is what I'm hearing. Is that about right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's overall in good shape.
2: And then Val, let me just say, if I could just wave a magic wand and get you to Miami at the right time, when would be the best time for you to get to, get to Miami?
1: Right away. I mean, I'm looking to be with my daughter and my grandkids.
2: Okay. And then um, was there any specific number you were looking for on the house?
1: Zillow says my house is worth 200000
2: Okay, so Zillow's saying about $200,000. And so in our marketplace, we're typically buying two to three homes per week. With that said, Val, what number wouldn't you go below? What, what number do you really need?
1: Uh, well, you know, I'm getting a ton of calls from different companies. Uh, I've gotten some low offers. I'm not going to accept. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I just want the highest offer.
2: Just want just the highest just, offer. Yeah, What's just the highest make me offer you've gotten so
1: far? The highest so far was uh, 150.
2: Was, was that anywhere kind of where you were looking at it all, Val? That's
1: kind of low. I mean, I'm okay with 150, but because I get so much interest from other companies, um, I just want to see who gives me more.
2: Okay. Um, Val, I'm actually going to be in your neighborhood this afternoon about 2 o'clock. I-, I wouldn't mind. I could just stop by and take a look at the property. Would you be available at 2 o'clock to receive me? Sure. Okay, Let's do that. Perfect. All
1: right. Cool. All right. All, right. all right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. That was awesome. How, how did you feel?
2: I felt pretty good um, on the reason for selling. I appreciate the, the pushback. It was good. Um, what I didn't, you know, I'd love some coaching on though. Was should I have gone to condition a house for a little bit, build a little bit of rapport, and, and circled back, or did you feel uncomfortable with me pushing a little bit on the on the reason for selling right off the bat?
1: Yeah, exactly. That was a very good question. There, there, there has to be. I mean, you you mentioned that uh, she spoke with Johnny before from your company, right? So. What I'm seeing is um, if you repeat the same information uh, again or ask the same questions that somebody from your company asked, sellers get frustrated. And they will say something, I already gave that information to somebody in your company, why are you asking me the exact same thing? And the exact same thing, that would be reason for selling and all all that information. Um, I really liked how natural you sounded. I mean, I wish people on the phone sounded just as natural and as conversational as you did. That would be huge, like that is very, very important. but yeah, I would say the, um, I love how you talked about the reason for selling. Like, why is that important? Why, 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 why? Just, and the, the phrase that you said that I liked the most was like, um, I can throw a number here, but it's not going to do us any good. Right. You kind of spin it to the seller's advantage, which is
2: good. Yeah. I felt like I was trying to help the seller when I said that.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Like I can throw a number right here, but help me understand how I can help you better. Right. So yeah, that was very important. Um, in terms of uh, the reason for selling, it, it is a little bit more of a personal question. I try to build rapport, first of all, and I, start, I usually start with the condition of the house. Yeah, so if somebody, well, let's, let's uh, take a step back. If somebody from the company already called that person, I say, hey, um, hey Val, you spoke with uh, Johnny from my company yesterday, he mentioned that I would give you a call. Uh, does that ring a bell? Yeah, okay, I try to end every part of my question with a sentence. You are in control of the conversation. And the way you control the conversation is, you whatever you say, end with a sentence. Whether it's something like fair enough, good enough, you know what I mean, right? Because you are giving the seller's mind a task to answer your question even if they give pushback, like, are you gonna lowball me? Are you one of those companies that are gonna lowball me, right? What I'm seeing, some people say, oh, no, 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 that's not us. We will give you the best offer. We'll give you the highest offer. And then you throw a number that the seller thinks is gonna lowball. So that makes you look insincere, right? So that's not, we're gonna talk about how to address that that, um, uh, objection particularly. But yes, so whenever I qualify people, start with something positive start with something like okay so you spoke with Johnny let me see the information he gave me I want to make sure I'm I'm getting ready to run some numbers for you and I want to make sure I'm not missing any important information out and you kind of make a summary so Johnny told me your house is uh, three bedrooms two bathrooms it has this it has that right now about the roof I'm not sure I'm not very clear what he meant like can you just give me some uh, specification or clarification and that way the seller is not frustrated you're just, you're giving the seller a reason. And the reason is I'm getting ready to run some numbers for you, right? So help me help you. I want to make sure I'm giving you the best, the most accurate offer, the highest offer that I possibly can. I want to win your business, so obviously I want to give you the best offer that I can, right? So uh, this is what Johnny told me, but I'm not clear on this and that. And, and that's how you go deeper and get informa- more information than, uh, than what uh, somebody in your company gave you, right? So then if you want to start about the condition of the house, always start with something positive. Now, the condition of the house, like, have you done any updates lately? Any, don't start with, like, what does it need? Because what I heard is, like, well, what makes you think my house needs any work? You know, what can, wh- who are you tar- trying to target? Right, so start with something positive. So your house, um, when is the last time you've done some updates? Wh- 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 you know, and then, of course, compliments. Okay, well, it sounds like you've done a lot. Does it need anything else at this point? Because with everything that you've done... So it doesn't feel as uh, judgmental, about will probably right? Or as, uh, um, after I get the condition of the house, that's what I start with. Um, depending on where the conversation goes, if the house needs a ton of work, let's say, uh, obviously build rapport. Let's say this, the seller says, oh, I had a perfect house and this is something that I would have liked to see more of. She said, um, the seller said, I, I just had a bad situation about 10 years ago. I rented it out to some bad tenants. To me, that is like, okay, wait, I need to stop. I'm the doctor, right? I need to understand. That's a pain point. I need to understand how I can help you here. What, what do you mean? I mean, you rented out two years ago to some bad tenants, right? And then confused, look, bad tenants? Silence. Yeah, and, it's, and let the seller fill in that silence. And she'll probably say something like, oh, yeah, um... They were so bad tenants. They're such bad tenants. Like I I completely renovated the property and they had big dogs that they didn't let out. So the dogs put on the carpet, they scratched the cabinets. That's a true story that actually I had that conversation with a seller, right? So, and then I say, oh, I mean, or even if they say something like, um, I updated the house two years ago, and now it's completely, I need to do it again. I'm like, what do you mean? That should, that should have lasted you a couple more years at least, right? How, how come you're in that position to renovate the property again, right? So get that motivation. Find that pain point. Whenever you hear something, forget about the script. I don't, and I tell the people that I train as well, it's like, I don't care about the script. You just actively listen and build a conversation. And you can touch on all of these points in a very natural way. In just in a conversational way, right? Um, and then if the house needs a ton of work, then when I, that's when I go to reason for selling. I put a label. I'm assuming something. I have no idea if I'm right or wrong. I'm like, so I'm guessing if the house needs some work, I'm guessing that would be the reason you're looking to sell it? Question, right? What's gonna happen? The seller will either confirm, yeah, that's right, I'm so tired of that, or they will give me the right, the right reason. Well, yeah, but not really. I'm actually looking to move and to relocate and stuff like that. Um, what else do you think could have, uh, uh, maybe somebody from, from the audience, like what do you think you would have add, done differently or added more to the, to the role play? Yeah, go ahead. Building rapport? In what, what, um, in what part of the role play do you think we could have built more rapport? what was said that we could build more rapport yeah exactly so oh yeah family is super important i completely understand where you're coming from yeah and here build oh, go ahead yeah Okay. Do you? Uh, what was that? I've had thirty-minute seller calls, you know. I was gonna say, do you have a team, or uh, are you the one uh, no, doing I was the call? Kind of setting up the side of it. You're start setting up the side of it. Okay, because, I mean, if you let's imagine you are getting a, you have somebody on your team who spends fifteen minutes on a call with a seller, but that you close that deal. Would you mind that the person spent 15 minutes on the call? Probably not, right? Yeah, or, or an hour, even if, yeah, yeah, 30 minutes or an hour. Like if, if, now, if the seller's going off to Pluto, as I say, right, like completely <laughs> losing track and like you gotta get them back on the script, right? You gotta get them back on, um, so that's, that's a different thing. But if you're talking, if you're building rapport, if you're building trust, and if you're getting really good information, I don't think there should be a time limit. It's like as much as it, as much as you need to. Don't rush through it because there's the sellers getting calls not just from your company. They're getting calls from a lot of companies, right? They're getting uh, the the list where you found that seller. A lot of other investors have the same list, you know. So they're getting uh, calls and mailers. So anything that you can to stand out, uh, that would give you a huge advantage. Yeah, but that's a very good question. Now, um, there are services like, you know, um, services that answer calls for you like PathLive or we used, uh, what's the one called that that we used, the Blackjack, Uh, Nexa, right? Um, They have agents that are, they just follow the script to a T. They don't deviate at all from the script and they have very limited time to, you know. But if you have someone in-house, that is your advantage. That is your like, hey, I'm not some robotic sounding you know, like, I'm trying, especially if, or if it's just you, it's like, hey, I'm the one making you an offer. I'm, you know, I will be the one. That's, that's also your advantage. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. What else? What else could we have added to this uh, role? Yeah, go ahead. So true. So true. I actually have a, um, um, one of the people that I'm training, a VA told me like last week, I think, or two weeks ago, she said, I tried the silence method. It was so awkward, but I was so shocked that I got a lot of good information. So she asked him like, how much do you own the property? I don't know. It was something like kind of, that seems intrusive and then silence. And the seller felt a little bit uncomfortable, right? It's awkward silence. And I say, it's awkward for both of you. And you have the need to feel that silence, like, oh, I think the seller's gonna hang up, I need to say something. No, just wait five seconds. Five sec- Were you the one who told me like, wait five seconds? Yeah. For example, when you talk about wanting to get down to Miami, even though you knew you want to get to the family a so fly, like you yeah. knows if your daughter can sick or her daughter worse, and just sitting there and listening to that really has been a game changer for me. Exactly. Yeah. In Miami, huh? What what's in Miami? Silence. Okay. Are you going to see your daughter in Miami? How how when are you looking to leave or something like that? And yeah, you might feel personal, but because you take control of the call, um, people feel they need to answer to your, uh, but yeah, you gotta sound like an authority on the phone. If you sound shaky, if you sound unsure, uh, uh, that's not gonna do you any good. And if you, you have to know yourself. If you feel like you are that type of person that maybe you're introverted or too scared to talk to people on the phone, or you're not sure of your tonality, uh, then get someone who can do it, because that's really, really important, okay? All right, anything else here? That was a very good role play. Thank you so much. All right, let's go to the uh, next one. One more. Do you want to do another role play? No? You want to do a reverse role play? Give me pushback and see. Uh, let's go back to one more. Let's do that. We have time. <laughs> we always learn so much from role plays. Okay. Who wants to be the seller? And I, I will, so we did a, this one was a follow-up call. Let's do a call calling, okay? So I'm gonna call call, who do I call call? Any, any, Okay, <laughs> John, do you wanna do that? All right. Just...
3: So you're calling me, is that? I'm calling you. Okay.
1: Yes, think about what you typically hear um, from a seller. I don't hear because
3: yeah. I have somebody who do, does that for me.
1: <laughs> and, and look, we, we, we all talk to different sellers, sarcastic sellers, rude people, people that say, yeah, just give me $1 million and the house is yours, right? Whatever yeah. the situation is. Let's see how, uh, yeah, okay, ready? Yep. So, Ring, ring. Hello. Hey, uh, John. Yes. Hey, John, yeah, I, I know. Look, I know you must be so confused right now, but hey, John, um, I'm actually calling because I wanted to know if you guys are thinking about selling the property on Main Street.
3: Uh, How'd you get my number?
1: That's a very good question. So, we do get the number from public records. I'm, I'm really just trying my luck here, to be honest with you. You know, um, we're looking to buy some properties in the area, and, you know, no harm in asking, just calling a couple of people. Is that something that crossed your mind?
3: Uh, yeah, I've thought about it.
1: Oh, cool, okay. So you, you are looking to sell the house?
3: Uh, sure, if I get a good offer.
1: If you get a good offer? Well, let me ask you, uh, have you talked to other companies uh, about this property? Have you been getting any good offers?
3: Yeah, I get calls all the time, but there's no good offers.
1: No good offers? No. Hmm. What do you say no good offers? Like what, what kind of uh, numbers are you getting?
3: Um, probably 50% of what I think it's worth.
1: 50%? That's low. Yes. Why? Why do you think you're getting such uh, low numbers? I have no idea. Nobody justified. No one gave you like a reason why. Nope. Okay. What do you think the house is worth?
3: Um, probably about a hundred and fifty thousand.
1: So you're getting about seventy-five, eighty k, maybe. Right. Yeah. Well, John. Typically, you know, if the if the if you're getting low offers, I'm guessing the house probably needs some work. Is that true in your case?
3: Yeah. It probably could use some. Updating.
1: What, what kind of updating do you think it needs?
3: Um, a lot of it's probably outside, it just looks bad. I can't uh, get a good person to keep the grass mowed because I don't live close.
1: You don't live close? Nope. The house is vacant right now?
3: No, it's there's people in it.
1: Oh, it's a rental? Yeah. I see, okay. So are they? Um, if the house needs some work, is that because of the tenants? Are they taking good care of the house?
3: Yeah, the, I've not had good tenants. We've uh, had to get rid of some, and we got, just got some new ones in.
1: Just got new ones. Yep. Okay. So how come you're looking to sell it? I mean, are they paying on time? Taking obviously taking good care of the house. So.
3: Yeah. I mean, they're paying, but it's you know far away from my house, so it's hard to keep up with it.
1: Yeah well john let me ask you this sometimes we do buy houses and we, want, we would like to keep the tenants in um from what you're telling me it sounds like they're paying on time taking care of the house if we were to keep them how much can we expect to get in rent from them
3: yeah so they're paying about uh seven hundred dollars a month right now
1: okay that seems i mean how is that compared to is that what the rate goes for in the area yes okay i understand Okay, well, tell me a little bit about the house. I mean, I'd love to make you an offer on it.
3: Yeah, so it's a two-bedroom, one-bath house. Um, we've had it for, it's a family house. And um, yeah, so we've just been renting it out instead of getting rid of it.
1: Okay, how, how, how soon, I mean, how long have you been out of state?
3: Um, probably 10 years
1: now. So you've been managing this property 10 years from a distance? Yes. Wow. That must not have been easy. How come you're looking to sell it now?
3: Uh, just getting to a point that I can't keep up with it. Got other things going now, and could use the money somewhere else.
1: Gotcha. So John, you you mentioned that the house needs some work. Uh, you haven't been getting pretty good offers. Um, how much were you looking to get from for the property?
3: Yeah, I'm hoping to get um, like over 100000 for it.
1: Over 100000 yeah. Okay. Okay, well, I'll definitely have to run some numbers and uh, you know, see how we, I can make that happen for you. Um, we buy a ton of properties in the area, you know, uh, rental houses. We can keep the tenants if, again, if they're good ones. Uh, let's assume that I can give you 100k. How soon are you looking to sell it?
3: Um, yeah, I could sell it. I mean, we would obviously want to talk to the tenants, make sure everything works with them um, with the new ones because they just came in, but yeah, we could sell soon, yeah.
1: Do you think they'll have a problem paying rent to someone else rather than to you?
3: Probably not, but I no. always okay. like to just let them be aware as well.
1: Okay, and are you the only decision maker for when it comes to this house? Yes. Okay, good. Okay, well John, um, how, how, when was the house built? Um,
3: it was 1945.
1: So I'm guessing, let me know if I'm wrong, but I'm guessing you've had it in the family for a while, so it's probably free and clear by now? Yes. Okay, that's good because you know, if it's free and clear, that means everything we give you is exactly what you put in your pocket. You know, Nothing has to come out of that. We take care of all the closing costs, everything, so you just get the check from us. Does that sound good to you? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, John, well look, um, it looks like I'm going to be in your area maybe tomorrow at about noon-ish. How about I just stop by? Oh wait, I, I mean, is it okay if I go in and see your tenants? I know you're not in the area.
3: Yeah, I'll have to call and contact them and just find out when they'll be available to let you in but
1: okay so you mentioned the house needs some work from the outside do you have any idea what it looks like on the inside
3: i have no idea it's been probably two years since i've been been there so
1: okay so how come other people made you an offer like 50 percent of what you think is worth without do they go inside the house do they see it nope okay
3: made an offer on the phone okay it's kind of how they do it nowadays i guess
1: how many companies are we talking about? How many companies made you that um, offer? Two or three. Two or three, and they were about at the same ballpark? Yeah. And you never asked, how come? Uh,
3: kind of getting tired of talking to people that yeah. don't care.
1: Okay. Well, John, I would love to see how we can make you more. Uh, let me ask you this. What if, when I run the numbers, um, it's also gonna come at about 80,000, 90,000. Um, do you think I should call you back and let you know? Is that something you might consider? or you know, I wanna make sure I value your time.
3: Yeah, I mean it'd be good to talk about it if you're gonna take this time to, to do it, yeah.
1: Okay, so just in case my number comes at lower than 100K, you still wanna hear from me and just give you an exact number of where I stand? Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Well, John, let me see what I can do. I would love to buy the house from you. I'd love to give you some money so uh, you can uh, invest it somewhere closer to you. But um, yeah, how about I'll just stop by tomorrow Uh, meet with your tenants and then give you a call later.
3: Okay. Sounds
1: good. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) All right. What, what, what could have gone better here? Or maybe, did you maybe have some aha moments for you or maybe some questions or how did that go for you? Yes. Yep. That's how actually, that's how we check. If people say, like, I'm, if, you know, uh, if that's the price that I want, we usually, what we say is like, okay, I understand, but like, uh, after I get the motivation, say, we're gonna run the numbers, I wanna make sure we, we give you something that works for you, but let me ask you this. You know, if, for whatever reason, my number comes as lower than that, do you even wanna hear back from us? And if they say yes, I know there's room uh, for negotiation, if they say, "Oh no, 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 I'm not even gonna take less. I'll just keep that lead and follow up." Yeah, that's one way to check. Mm-hmm. Okay, what else? That was a pretty easy one. You didn't give me too many pushback. That was pretty easy. That's a good lead. Yeah. <laughs> the the strategy that I would use here is anchoring, right? So I know that people offered him 75. And I would just leverage that information, say like, hey, I know um, some investors gave you 75,000. I actually ran the numbers. I can see why they were at 75. I'm trying to give you more. Um, I think, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, if we reduce the cost of repairs, like, you know, I'm just trying to like kind of like walk him through my thinking a little bit. Like um, maybe I can cut some costs here, and this repays. maybe this is not gonna cost as much. I think I can get you to eighty-five or ninety, or I mean not not eighty-five. I would say eighty-five. Or Don't give two numbers, right? Um, it sounds like that's that's more than, any, but I would try to like walk him through my process and kind of make it look like I understand why they are at seventy-five, and I'm really trying to cut corners in a way to give you more but I can't give you that much more because of everything the house needs, right? So kind of like reemphasize the pain points. The roof, uh, it's gonna be expensive and that, and like, mm, maybe we can cut a little bit, yeah. So I can give you five grand more, 10 grand more. So, or give a range. Okay, yeah, if my offer is 75, five two, he wants to hear from me, I will, he just told me that I, when I asked him, did they tell you why they were at 75? He said, no, nobody gave me that justification. So maybe I can show him like, hey, this is why you're getting 75. And this is why you're not gonna get more from anyone else. They like, kind of like show, because here's, and this is what another thing that I say in, in my training, you as an investor, you are realistic. You are saying like, okay, I can give you this number because the roof is that much. This is this is how much it needs in repairs, right? You run numbers. You you you're realistic. The seller is emotional. The seller is like, but my father built this house with two own hands, right? I grew up here. I have so many memories. So when the seller says how much the house is worth, they are thinking from an emotional standpoint, not from from the reality. So that's why, like, I would leverage that here. It's like, you're getting 75 because of this, and I would bring the seller from emotional land to reality, you know, and and. And there's a way, like, so reemphasize the pain points. Reemphasize, so look, I mean, you're not in the area, you're only getting $700 a month, uh, and what if something happens? You don't have a a property management company. What if something happens? You've been doing this for 10 years, right? Reemphasize the pain points, and then everything the house needs. And then, so based on everything I told you, what do you think would be a fair price? And you would be surprised how many times people, I actually had a follow up call when I was at Blackjack. The seller just wouldn't go lower than $110,000, just would not go lower. And then I kind of like called him again and I said, hey, um, I I pretended I didn't know the price. And I said, this is the pain points, right? So let me see if I understand it right. The house needs that, you're away, blah, 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 all of that stuff. What do you think would be a fair price? He said, 80. We got it under contract for 80. And we've been trying to chase that guy for months and months and months. and He would not get lower than 110. And then I realized, yeah, the sellers are emotional. They're attached to that house. So when you show them the reality, they understand why they can get what they want. So and in that case, when he says nobody gave him that information, that's, that's something that I, will, I would uh, let him know. And why no, one, why no one else can give him more. Okay, any other questions? No? All right, let's move on. All right, so yeah, the strategies that we uh, want, to sound like an expert, right, ask questions. Use the seller's own words to build rapport. This is huge. Uh, in in the first role play, when we had, it's like, are you one of those companies that are going to lowball me because I'm not interested? Right? Hey, uh, when you say... Lowball, it sounds like you've gotten pretty bad offers from other companies, right? Question, you're controlling. You ask the question. Yeah, I've gotten pretty, pretty bad offers. So when you say lowball, what number comes to mind? What do you mean by that? Don't be like, don't, don't defend yourself. Oh, no, 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 no. We will give it the best. We're not like, I mean, you know, and then you come with the same offer as everyone else. So use the seller's own words to build rapport, to get clarification. Silence, right? And calling sellers out if necessary. Now, this is, let, let's talk this one here. When people say, like, yeah, I want a million dollars for my house. A million dollars or don't call me back. If you have uh, virtual assistants or if you have somebody in your company, I feel like a lot of people are trying to cater to everyone's needs. And like, oh, sure, tell me why the house is... Like, just call them out, right? Be like, hey, I know, wouldn't that be nice? I wish I could get a million dollars for my house. I'll throw in my car, too, for a million dollars for free, right? Um, so... What makes you think you're, um, I mean, I I usually say like, yeah, wouldn't that be nice, but now I'm getting a vibe here that you're not really looking to sell. I mean, you are being sarcastic with me. Did I catch you at a bad time or you're just not interested in selling? Just, you know, just say it and. People change their attitude. Like, ah, now I'm just messing with you. I'm not really interested in selling. I just get these calls a million times a day, blah, blah, blah. I get it. I know it's frustrating. Hey, look, I mean, if you're not interested in selling, you know, I definitely don't want to take your time, but thank you so much for that. And that's it. And what I see is people are like, don't hear that, don't read between the lines. You've got to have a sixth sense of like, does that person really want to be helped or not? You know, so just call them out. If someone is rude to you or your team, be like, hey, you know what? I'm getting a vibe here that I probably caught you at a bad time. Um, you're not really interested in selling. Should I call you back at a later time or like there's no point in taking this conversation further? Yeah, I don't want you to call me. All right, well, thank you for letting me know. I apologize, have a good day. That's it, okay? So, all right, uh, let's take a look at some uh, objections. I need to speak to my wife or husband. How do you respond to that? What works for me is like, oh, of course, yeah. First of all, always agree. Oh, I understand, yeah, it's a, it's a huge decision. Whenever I make a big decision, I have to run it by my husband, too. But let me ask you this. If your wife was on the call with us now, what kind of concerns do you think she might have about this whole process? What kind of questions do you think she might have for me? Identify bottlenecks. Okay. You're calling me, just make me an offer. Hey, are you looking to sell the property? Uh, yeah, maybe, what's your offer? Well, I need to get some information about the house. No, 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 no. You're calling me. You make me an offer. I, you know. So we usually say something like, um, oh, I'd love to. I know the offer is very important for you. But to be honest with you, John, we don't run the numbers until we get your permission to do so. I mean, up until this point, I had no idea if you're interested in selling or not. So are you telling me you're open to the idea? You know? and, and I mean, it's true, right? We don't run the numbers until we know they're really looking to sell. And this one, I'm not interested in selling. Don't try to convert someone who's not interested into someone who's interested. That's fine, you know? Not everyone that I speak with is interested in selling. That's perfectly normal. Um, But we're in a position to buy a couple more houses now. Do you know anybody who might benefit from some money? Okay, ask for referrals. Okay, all right, let's talk about follow-ups. Any questions about qualifying? Or any objections that you often get that, you're kind of stuck. Language barrier, you mean if they speak Spanish, for example, and you don't, or? The only thing you can do is just to repeat the information. And it's like, did you say this? Did you say that? Right? And if I hear a yes or no, I'm trying to piece things together. But I've had calls when people were on drugs or drunk or something, and they sounded muffled, and like really muffled, and then I called them back in a couple of days, and they sounded fine. So. I don't know what, uh, I, I, I'm trying to guess. I ask questions like, I'm sorry, did you say this? Or what was the address again, or right? So I don't know what else you can do in that situation. And just call them back later, hopefully it's, it's better. And usually if you don't understand someone, just ask questions directly. Do you want to sell? Yes or no? Is your house in good shape? Right, just give short, short direct so they can give you short answers. On one to 10, how good is your house? Five. Why? It needs work, right? So kind of like talking to children, like almost. Like, you know, it's short, sim- simple, short. I want them to give me short answers, but, uh, so, that, so that I can put the puzzle together. Yeah, OK. Anything else? No? All right, let's talk about follow-ups. or tracking behavior, right? So let's move on to the next slide, please. Yes? The money is in the follow-up, not just in real estate, ev- everywhere. So yeah, how do you follow up with people? Do you have a system? How many people call for follow-ups? Good. How many people text first? Text. How many people send emails first? No? Good. OK, out of all of these three, calling is the best. I mean, we probably have drip campaigns, sequencers, right? But some things are better left to a human. Pick up the phone, call, connect human to human. So can we see the next slide, please? Yeah, sales require up to five follow-ups to close the deal. That's true. After four follow-ups, 94% of people give up. When When I was at Blackjack, we had to have, one of our metrics was to have closings from follow-ups every single quarter. And when we, what we mean by follow-ups, that is leads that haven't been touched in the last 30 days. So if someone called last week, that wouldn't be a follow-up. And we had closings every single quarter from people that we haven't talked to in 30 days or more. So, and b- because we had that metric, um, we, kept, like, we kept following up one time, two times, three times, four times, and yeah, five times since, five, six times, usually when we got to that. Um, 50% of people go to vendors that respond first. 57% say they would not buy or sell to pushy reps. And this is important. If you have somebody in your company that's a go, 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 go aggressive, aggressive is good, but you've got to take a step back. People don't want aggressive uh, people on the phone. Um, so if you have uh, VAs, for example, or if you have somebody, or even acquisitions, right? So what works for me is, again, empathy, Active listening. Let's see the next one, please. Yeah, so start with calling and then texting. Email is the easiest, but it's, it can be flagged as spam. So, all right, let's see the next one, please. Okay, how to follow up. You can follow up manually, set tasks. How many people have tasks in their CRM? Tasks, yeah. How do you prioritize the tasks? What CRM are you using? I use RE simply? okay. 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 Good. Okay. Mhm. What else? How else? Who has? Who else has tasks? I saw more hands. Well, when I was at Blackjack, we also we had tens of thousands of leads in our system. So we also put. If who uses Podio? If we have some people. Podio has this awesome feature, like you can create a task um, label which we really love. So we had urgent, right? So not all, all follow-ups are created equal. We, we made sure that we follow the urgent ones first. And then if we didn't follow up with something that one day, that's perfectly fine. But we made sure that the urgent ones are taken care of. So Podio has that. I'm not sure Aria simply if it has that as well. But that's a very nice feature. Yeah. Um, who has drip campaigns? Automated texts? OK. Does that work for you? Yeah, sequencers, yeah. Yeah, I, this is awesome, but mostly for warm leads or cold leads, for hot leads, just pick up the phone and connect with that. Referrals, who's, getting, who's following up with dead leads in their system, getting referrals? Nobody does that? Yeah, I do that now. Um, we, we did that a little bit of Blackjack, but now that I'm, I'm getting more and more familiar with referrals, we do that in my company right now. If we don't hire someone, I'm, I'm just following up with everyone in the system. Dead leads, whatever. Like, I'm just sending an email that looks beautiful. It's an email template. And I'm getting leads that way as well. So, yeah, even if it's dead leads or previous sellers, and you don't have to send an email. It's like, you can have somebody do that for you. Can we move on to the next one? This is a good underwriting website for follow-ups. A warm welcome. I really like it. Or there's an, another one called bombbomb.com. What, what it does, it's, like, it's very personalized communication, and you can have video. You can have add video to your message, you can have video business cards, um, widget on the website to leave testimonials, video sent by email, that increases your likelihood of that uh, email being opened. So instead of saying like, hey, I'm just following up with you to see if you were interested in selling the house, you can personalize it, and they have very good um, templates as well. Uh, you can personalize it in a way like, play a video, they see who you are, they connect, again, with the human behind the the company. So warmwelcome.com, we're going to start using that in my company soon. Um, Agent Legend, this is, uh, I like it, it's mostly for agents, so if anybody is an agent, you might know this tool, but you can leave an email, text, and even a voicemail, personalized, with a person's name, as if it comes from you. And you can schedule that. So leave this voicemail in day two after this call came in. Uh, you don't even have to follow up leaving voicemails or text messages or emails. right? So agent legend is also pretty good. Um, if you're using systems right now in your company, I love alternative2.net. Basically, any software that you have that you don't like, maybe you're thinking you're paying too much for that software or for that program, go to alternative2.net and see what other alternatives there are. So. That's how I found for BombBomb.com, which is pretty expensive. It's like $69 a month. I found Warm, warm Welcome, which is $24 a month. Okay. Any questions there? Yeah. Yeah. So Warm Welcome is the same as BombBomb, which is uh, like a bomb, you know. Um, but it even has more, more tools. I think BombBomb has better email templates. Uh, let's the next one. Organize. The CRM. Uh, who doesn't have a CRM? No CRM? How, what do you do? Spreadsheet? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you do need a centralized place. You don't have to have a CRM. Maybe some of the things I'm telling you, you're not, they're not you know, for your business right now, but you need a centralized place for your leads, whether it's a CRM or a spreadsheet. And think of parameters to filter the leads by. You, your CRM, whatever you're choosing, just make sure, I haven't found a CRM that's perfect yet, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I've seen it, them all, I haven't seen one that is like, that's it, that's perfect. But whatever it is, uh, make sure you can sort by lead temperature, by occupancy, by how many leads versus how many appointments, relationship, how many sellers, how many buyers, most of them have that. But the reason I'm saying that is, if, you, if that's what's stopping you, like if you're looking for that perfect CRM, and you, you don't be stuck in analysis paralysis, right? Just, You're not gonna find the perfect one, but make sure you have that. So let's move on to the next one. Yeah, you need to have, the CRM needs to have smart lead segmentation so you can determine priority. Like you can, you need to be able to break it down by zip occupants and temperature, uh, you know, everything. Uh, Automated follow-ups, ideally you want something in the CRM itself to be done. Put follow-ups on autopilot, have email templates. I use email templates in my business right now. Super simple. You can even personalize fields, like first name, sender name, right? I don't have to worry about that. We didn't have that in in Podio, um, but now we do. So, notifications and reminders. Podio is great for that, by the way. I'm not sure. The one that I use right now in my business, it's okay with notifications, but yeah. Uh, And one more. And integrations. Does your CRM integrate with the tools you're using? MailChimp. Uh, DocuSign. Uh, if not, use Zapier. Right? That's what we use. So Zapier, everybody knows what Zapier is? Yeah. And of course, reporting. Like you need to visualize data in a way that's easy to digest. So, final thoughts. Keep it simple. Maybe some of the information that we was presented here is it's not applicable to your business, but don't overthink it. Keep it simple. Have systems in place. Don't look for a perfect CRM. The money's is in the follow-up, and sound like an expert when you talk on the phone. All right, let's, uh, we do have time for some questions. Oh, okay, quick questions, anyone? Thank you for keeping me accountable, okay. I'd like to. My direct contact? Uh, I, I can meet with you later on and give it to you, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, 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 I, if you're in runway, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Any other questions? No? All right. Thank you, thanks everyone.